Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Those two together just are fucking insane. They're great. I just I don't get it. It drives me nuts. Like Hello everybody welcome to the ryan spooner episode of brews and bruins uh episode 51 of season three the, the hockey podcast network podcast presented by bruins diehards pride baby. diehards but most bruins certainly diehards, presented by pride diehards and uh DraftKings is our people there uh salutes i guess um <laughs> we got uh, we got me drew we got uh we got cam hasbrook we got Chris Gear, we have a better Cam and Cam Davis, and uh, we have Nick Lanciani. How is everyone doing? And someone kick us off with beers as well. Woo! Why don't Do we well. uh, we get the the first year player here to do it? A rookie lap, a little rookie lap, rookie beer yeah. lap. <laughs> I probably should have grabbed a beer for this. <laughs> rookie mistake. That's a rookie mistake. Sorry, that's a uh, all right, I'll, I'll go first. Uh, I've had this on the days. on the pod before. Uh, this is the Montucky Cold Snack. It is Ooh. just the like smoothest beer you can get. It's uh, I wouldn't call it a craft beer because it's I mean it's got pretty wide distribution, but um, it's I guess the closest thing I would call to like a craft version of like a a Miller Lite. <laughs> Ooh. So it's not as cool as a Merrill Light because so there's a craft beer uh, sponsor. <laughs> yes. Oh yeah, that's a good one. Um, drinkability thirty-seven. Uh, tasteability. I mean, well, because it's one of them. It's not a light beer, but it's a. Uh, I don't know. It's a- akin to like a Bud Heavy, I guess. But t- it just like tastes generally better. It's got got a little bit more of that beer flavor, but the good kind, not the shitty kind. Uh, good beer, so like beer. I, I think my like my standard score for a beer that's like lighter but minorly tasteable is like a twelve. So we'll go to twelve. Uh, I'll test? follow you up. There. Oh yeah, I forgot about the Drew test. Mm. How could we? It for sure passes the Drew test. Yeah, <laughs> that's future. Um. I'll follow it up with a similar uh, – I was walking through the grocery store. Well, first of all, the other day I was talking to my girlfriend. I was like, I feel like we should have more Canadian beer here in Maine. Like we're pretty much in Canada. Um, and my my wishes were granted today walking through the grocery store. I found uh, some Molson. 
So I feel like it's kind of Molson's on the same boat there where it's like similar to like your Miller, your Coors, something like that, kind of your classic light beer. Um, but definitely like tastier than like a Bud Light. Like I would put it kind of above. I don't know. Maybe it's just like the the, the Canadian dream seeping through across the border. But um, yeah, I don't know. I think it it's a, a higher quality, light, cheap beer. So uh, drinkability, I mean, you can crush, you can crush Molson's. Probably like a 32 for drinkability taste. You can taste Molson, which I like. Um, I'm going to give it like a, like an 18 for, for a light beer. It's pretty, pretty flavorful. So I don't know. I have to explain what Molson tastes like. If you haven't tried it, go, go do that. But uh, shout out Molson. Good stuff. Drew test. Uh, I have it in a can, but I, I know. It's definitely so you should start. Test, you though. should pour it oh, into your like, lap and like look. Like maybe I'll pour it through and <laughs> like, like a waterfall. Me, yeah, <laughs> through the waterfall going into my mouth, that'd be good. All right, ready? This is gonna be some good content right here. I want you to spill so He backs away <laughs> into the darkness. I still got it on myself. It's all right. Uh, waterfall ability, pretty good actually. I'm gonna give it like a 32. So um, that's a new rating for Bruce and Bruins. But waterfall ability is gonna have to be broken out from time to time. Yeah, I think the the only ones that won't have waterfall ability are those like smoothie beers that you yeah, get. pretty much. Which I will, yeah, it would be a little tough to. I can't open the throat either because that's obviously helps a lot. I like you can bump it up to like a forty-seven there if you can just like pour it down. But uh, anyway, we're gonna pass it on before this gets off the rails. Before. Yeah, rails. Where we're going, this pod has, doesn't have. It's, it's like the fucking Polar Express. We're just sliding around on the ice out there. Good shit. Great movie, by the way. Underrated. When does Tom Hanks make an appearance? Uh, who, who's next? Next. I'm You're so next, learned, So I'll, I'll let you go, Nick. Oh, there we go. There we go. All right. So, you know, the perfect beer to enjoy during the springtime is something from the last season, of course, because. I pulled whatever was left over in the fridge and it's a harpoon winter warmer, which I'm pretty sure I've had before on the show. And as always, 37s all around. Wow. Man, I'm I'm so mad that I didn't pull out my last pumpkin beer. Uh, just for the, <laughs> the seasons. I thought about it. It was in the door. I was like, nah, that's not the time. <laughs> Wait till next Halloween. Yeah. I did <laughs> save one of my favorite beers for last Friday, however, but I mean now I'm out of that, so I have to go get more. I do appreciate that you started that like it was like a television ad. Like you always know, you know that when I come on this podcast, I'm going to talk about the best kind of beer that you can have for this podcast. And the best kind of beer you can have for this podcast is a winter warmer. It's the 1950s, you see, and doctors agree. This is the best (laughs) beer you can drink for your health. Just in moderation, of course. Wink. We got a life will love you and your dog will bark and all the other things that they had in the 1950s. Barking dogs. <laughs> and wives, offenses, not, a, yeah. not a thing. <laughs> Apple pie. <laughs> uh, we got a couple burgundy boys here. Who's first? <sighs> the rock, paper, scissors about to go down over the, the delay is going to be <laughs> delaying. <laughs> what if I say it? All right. I'll say it. You guys shoot according to my voice. All right. Ready? Rock, oh paper, scissors, shoot. Paper. Oh, I <laughs> <laughs> he says paper and he throws it. I, I, I appreciate that so much because 
Drew would have won anyway, but we just got to give it to Drew anyway because that was that was yeah, he's something. playing both sides except so instead that, of coming out on top. Either way, he came out on Bonnie. Does way. that it's mean I'm though. first, or can I just like pick which you side? Can yeah, you can defer. Technically, you can defer. All right, I'll defer. <laughs> For the record, I had a gym teacher tell me that people only throw rocks at one another, so throwing paper. Come on, man. Wow. I, well, it, was, it was a shot in the dark, honestly. What if you just don't want to hurt somebody? <laughs> First thing I thought of, just because it's really easy to make. Yeah. To be fair, they all it's are. It's also easy to do this. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I kind of just grabbed the first thing I saw in the fridge, so it's a nice little Wachusett blueberry. Oh, uh, okay. You're, t- you're speaking Cam's language yeah, you're speaking. Now. This is a Cam connection right here. This is some good it shit. Is. Honestly, Cam's it's probably great. one of my favorite beers I've had. It's very, like, drinkable. Tastes pretty good. You can kind of taste the blueberries. I love going to, like, restaurants and they actually put the blueberries in it. I think that's oh. the best, but... Oh, yeah. Honestly, very smooth beer. Probably the first beer I've actually had in two and a half months. So, I'll cheers to that. Cheers. Sick. Nice. Glad we could bring you out of retirement. Yeah, hopefully on purpose. You're not... <laughs> uh... I haven't known anything but work, so this is kind of because it's kind of nice. There you go. <laughs> what we try to do: step away for a little while, you know, enjoy yourself. Uh, um, Drew, what you got? I got, I got this doozy. It's from Clown Shoes Brewing Company. <laughs> um, look at this art. Yeah, look at this. Can- this might be something I make a video out of, and by video, I mean I'll take a photo of it later and post it on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> that's probably what I'll so you know a video I'll a take it out picture. of my recycling can tomorrow um <laughs> <laughs> I got it it's it's called space cake it's a double IPA um and we're talking nine percent uh so part two of this episode should be fun um, and when you're on this podcast and you have a nine percent beer you know <laughs> that we're gonna have a fun time Drinkability for a double IPA, especially that one that's 9%, very high. So I'm going to go 37 considering that. Um, Tasteability. I can taste it. Sorry, I just heard heard audio is all. I can can taste it. So we're going to go a 35. Okay. Um, Very, very (laughs) highly rated beer. Uh, I'm yeah. just realizing that like we should have probably just been like taking pictures of all our cans and like tweeting them with the episodes this entire time and it took us oh like, yeah I thought about better that a part couple of three times seasons then I just like this like I don't want to we should try that a couple that. of times I've done the like uh, featured Instagram on. yeah like, that's where we've we done a couple of them it. but I feel like that would be a very because we're like we talk about the cans a lot and then I we gotta like push we easy. gotta push Instagram. Yeah. yeah, follow us on Instagram, Brews and Bruins. <laughs> we could like we could like blur out the pictures on Twitter and be like, if you want to see the good stuff, you gotta head over <laughs> to our Instagram and you can see these cans. Our <laughs> only fans. Our only cans. We should rename our Instagram. Our only cans. Just cans. Pretty sure it already exists. And then for the for the real down down and dirty content, we got only cams where it's just Cam Hasbrook and Cam Davis. That's behind the paywall as well. That's actually the name of this episode. It's only cams. Or perhaps we'll wait for a future one where uh, me, Chris, and Nick are all unavailable. <laughs> and then they'll get Cam Neely on for some reason. Yeah, yeah Cam Neely. Yeah. <laughs> Cam Neely. That'd be good. Um, He'll appreciate being on an episode titled "Only Cams." Yeah, definitely. Um, so I almost got the Mike Riley goal of my dreams. 
Today, someone on Twitter would say a goal for Mike Riley in general, and we would all gang up on that one person on Twitter. Today was trade. (laughs) Today was trade deadline day. Um, The Bruins made a deal over the weekend. Uh, I want to start with that one because I think it was the bigger of the two. You got Lindholm and uh, this Kieran guy coming, or Curran, or uh, Curran. Sure. All right. Cody Curran. Uh, he's coming in, in exchange for uh, Euro Vakanine and John Moore. Thank you. Uh, first round pick and two second round picks. Um, so any deal that has John Moore going out of Boston, I'm a fan of. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm really I'm happy with this name. deal. I know some people are talking that's pretty hefty on the pick side. But then you see him sign an eight-year extension at six point five mil, and and that's... then make it worse. <laughs> no, it's not as bad as you think. No, it's not that bad. It really isn't. But let's let's uh, let's open up the debate. Let's. Uh, I'm kind of with know, Chris on this. I like the, here. I like Lindholm. I don't know if I like Lindholm for eight years. And it is so many years. It's it is twenty eight. Like, yeah, it's one of those things where it's like. It, yeah, the guy who signed him to eight years is not going to have to like bear the responsibility of him being there for the eight years. Like this is a Sweeney. Like I'm not like an anti Don Sweeney guy. If you've listened to the pod before, but this is one where Sweeney's signing it, trying to get himself a championship, like in in the Bruins' current window. Because not that Sweeney's doing a bad job, but GMs just don't last that long, right? Usually, so I I, I don't think that this is a problem that he's going to have to deal with seven years from now. But it's still a problem the Bruins might have to deal with, you know, if they have it by then. But that's for the 2030 Bruins to figure out. It is. And, yeah. <laughs> and the 2030 Tampa Bay Lightning, they don't exist trading so away <laughs> their draft picks now. That's for yeah, so, them to so figure here's, out. Here's the thing. Hampus Lindholm having a pretty bad year this year on a, I, I guess, like, pretty bad team, but better team than uh, was expected to be. Um had an injury plague year last year. So he hasn't really been good for three years. And he's already 28. Obviously, like, weird for a, an almost 32-year-old to be saying a guy's 28. And, uh, and past their prime. I, I just, like, I, I don't like the idea of giving an eight-year contract of $6.5 is a lot. Uh, it's Is it really, though? It. I mean, you're paying this guy... <clears throat> Uh, more than you're paying uh, Taylor Hall. Uh, I, I don't know. It, it, but, I, so I, I like the player. I like the idea of put this guy who's been on a pretty bad team and put him in a much better situation and see if he can succeed. I think one of the things I, I saw when I was looking at uh, his his advanced charts was, you know, he's still <laughs> been a really effective penalty killer, which to me indicates, okay, dude can still hack in on defense. Um, so if you put him in a more advantageous situation, the Bruins have, uh, they topped the league in, league in expected goals against, um, so like they got a really good system going on defensively. Maybe put this guy in a good situation. He's back to his old self, still not a huge offensive threat. I know one of the things people like a lot about him is he's big, big dude, um, Bruins don't have a lot of size on the size to win outside of Derek Forbort and Charlie McAvoy uh, and Connor Clifton, I guess brings that kind of game, even though he's not huge, but you know, aside from those five guys, <laughs> um, 
thought, yeah, it's burgers. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, it's, I don't, I don't hate giving up picks and stuff. Didn't give up Lysel or Lori. Like that's, mm-hmm. that's kind of one of the main things I think Sweeney wanted to stay away from. Um, so I'm, I'm okay with that. I just like, I feel like getting a guy to put on the top pairing and then you kind of make it worse. I I think the, the 6.5, I'm not too worried about. I think in that eighth year, ouch, probably. But (laughs) if you're, if you're projecting, if you're projecting the cap to go up, it's not going to hurt as much as it like looks like it's hitting the cap now. Yeah, that's still going to suck. If Drew, we've been projecting even... the cap to go up for like a decade. <laughs> well, I mean, well, that pandemic kind of. Yeah, see, now we're, we're inflation is going to send the cap up. Yeah, I don't know so if you've gonna, seen what's like been going gas. on lately, it's like Drew, but we're not exactly lined up for a... Uh... Salary <laughs> cap and gas are always the same. If you the NHL <laughs> primed for a period of untethered prosperity it's <laughs> but, unprecedented look, uh, success bees, from the years 2021 to 2025 the the bees uh, are in a win now mode um i think in this kind of continues that my big worry is you know after you lose marshawn after you lose bergeron you've already lost char and Krejci and tuka as you go on who's going to be there now you got lindholm and mcavoy as the two fulcrums of the defense. Sorry, Brandon Carlo, you're no longer the fulcrum. No longer the fulcrum. <laughs> Down with the fulcrum. You are the weakest fulcrum. The handlebar. Um, <laughs> oh, wow. Um, yeah, so I, I, I like that going forward. I like that idea that Lindholm and McAvoy, and sure, Lindholm's going to get, this takes him to, what, 36? Because he's 28 now. So, uh, yeah, it, it, but if he's still eating up some minutes, I think, you know, the expectation right now is for him to eat up 20 to 22 minutes. If he's still able to handle like 18 minutes a game at that point, then it's like, okay, I think that's the best case scenario. Worst case scenario, he becomes John Moore. Yeah, that's the thing. Are we ready for the voice of reason? Up for another John Moore. Are we ready for the voice of reason? Because, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to Fenway Park. Uh, Hap is Lindholm, right? Eight year extension. So he's going to spend parts of nine seasons in Boston by that time in 2030. David Pasternak, if he's still on the team, will be in his 16th year. You know how he's only in his, well, he just played now 500 games. This is his 501st against Montreal Monday night. So in that time span, we've gone from the old core to the current core. And we'll probably go from the current core to the next core. And maybe, maybe, just maybe, the one after that. So again, it's not something you really have to focus on right now saying, it's a bad contract. The first three or four years provide you a solid foundation to build around from a top four defender standpoint. Now you can work from the back forward and address the needs you still have, such as a second line center and you know wingers in general. And oh, when Patrice Bergeron retires, or yeah, just a first line center. center. <laughs> if so, anything happens to anyone, <laughs> if your immediate reaction is, "Well, I hate this contract because." You know, like, what's that going to do for our defenders? Your defense is solved. The, the issue now is up front. But, Lancey. And I, have, yeah. I remind you that it's only $6.5 million per season. There once was a defender, 29 years of age, that signed a five-year contract with a $7.5 million cap hit. 
at a time where the Bruins were in transition. They had missed the playoffs for 2006 and 2007 in his first season. I'm alluding to a certain someone here that you may never be able to measure up to because Hampus Lindholm is approximately five inches shorter. I, there and we go. This, this other defender is still playing, by the way, because he's one of the kind since he's 45 and he's playing with the New York Islanders. But but anyway, Zdeno Chara, right? You're trying to draw Zdeno was 29. trying to get it on camera. It is tough. He was 29 when he came to Boston. And I don't think I heard too many people freaking out about, well, you got this guy signed on what is technically a long-term contract. And, well, you know, defensive prime, it really, it ends by by the time they turn 30. In what world does that happen? Sure. Average players might pan out and peter out by the time that they're 33, 34, 35, but you still have right now. And if you start saying, well, you know, they threw 6.5 million, why didn't they just get it to Tory Krug? I remind you a couple of years ago, they had Tuka Rask, David Krejci, Zdeno Chara, uh, large contracts on the books already that they couldn't exactly reallocate the funds to someone at that price like they're able to do now. So I'm not saying that. Hampus Lindholm is the next coming of Zdeno Chara in that he'll put in 14 seasons of just pure franchise-altering levels of leadership and dominance for at least the first seven years. But I am saying that in terms of giving something up to get something that helps you in the now and tries to ease the transition and avoid completely rebuilding, this is the type of move that you're supposed to make. Now, I'm, when you want to wait for the next shoe to drop, it never happened. And that's where I have more of an issue with this year's yeah, trade deadline. We'll, we'll it's more like 2020. We got more to address here. I, <laughs> of so, course. I, but I, I just it's, feel like speaking in defense. Of it's just, the it's new just tough defender. to me. Like, all right. Like, we're you're gilding the lily a little bit. Like, the left side of the D was, like, solid. I think one of the big issues is that the disparity between the evaluation by the fans of Mike Riley versus his actual contributions on the ice and people thinking like, Oh, we really need someone to fill in on that. Left we need D. to trade Riley or forward. Even like, Matt Grizzlick, people, have, people just looking them. at Matt Grizzlick and being like, this guy can't play top, a top pairing minutes because he's so small. Those two together just are fucking insane they're great i just i don't get it it drives me nuts like people can't see that this is like one of the strengths of the team yeah and that was the number one thing that needed to be addressed by don sweeney is that we need a left defenseman and we need to give up all of our assets robocodinen was pretty good but how many years out was he one maybe two maybe not even one but if you're trying to win a cup right now before Patrice Bergeron ends up retiring, not that he's necessarily retiring at the season's end, but you know, with that in mind, you're trying to win so that he can get another ring. Yeah, I would have preferred like maybe get a right defenseman so you can bump Carlo down to the third pairing or get somebody who's just like better than Connor Clifton for the third pairing. I mean, that's fair enough. There's Ultimately, nobody, my, my final there's two nobody. cents here is that it's like trying to get Ryan McDonough and how the Tampa Bay Lightning got Ryan McDonough. And you might say, oh, well, Ryan McDonough on any other team is a top four pairing, top four, top pairing defender that just completely shuts down other players. But he plays on the third pairing with the Tampa Bay Lightning. 
because look at the rest of their roster. With Hampus Lindholm, he might be on the first or second pairing, and you might be able to have Mike Riley, who plays pretty well on the third pairing, and, and you're just okay. I'm not saying of... it's a it's a bad deal. I'm not saying it doesn't I'm, make I'm saying that for the fans better. that aren't putting the connection together. I, I think it's fine, but yeah, as as the I, I agree with you as the headline deal, it's it's a little frustrating. Yeah. I just I just want to I Connor Clifton was mentioned. I just need to remind everyone it is Bobby Orr, Ray Bork, Dick Clapper, Connor Clifton in that Hampus Lindholm. <laughs> uh Cam Davis, we need to hear from you, man. I mean, I do see what you're saying, Chris. Just that whole give up all those assets just for the D that wasn't terrible, but then you also look at Sorry, Drew, Connor Clifton, and Derek Orbert. I said Orbert just because I'm so used to <laughs> he's like Bobby Petrov McGuire. It's better than the nickname <laughs> I gave him. Yeah, Derek Orbert, Derek Forbork. I've heard all of it. Have you heard but... Daryl Forsbrand yet? <laughs> no, that's a new one. Derek, Derek Fibort. <laughs> I definitely think it, it helps solidify that top four, those those um those defensive parents because you can kind of switch in and out. You don't have to play less juggle the defenseman lines every single night again. The only thing that you gotta worry about is that last parent, I guess, just whatever Brown clipped in, Brown forward, who knows what's gonna happen. Size certainly helps, but who knows? Hopefully in the long run it helps out. I would like it to. If not, I'll probably cry. <laughs> It's a good take. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I might be on that one. My only thing that. that I want to add is like, just, I, mean, I agree with, with Chris that like, it, I think it's a fine deal. And as a headliner, it's like, you know, you maybe you were, if you, if you really are like, all right, let's, let's try to win now. Then you're, you're hoping for more. Obviously I'm, I'm happy. Like Sweden didn't just go all in for the best available. If he didn't feel like it was actually going to help him. Um, and Lance, I definitely get a lot of your points. My only thing is that I feel like we're overlooking a little bit. Like, like, yes, he can be a solid plug-in guy to help in this next transition over the next three, four, five years. But we're still going back to, like, I, you know, I'm not – I haven't seen him play that much, so I'm not going to, like, act like I know a ton about him. But I just don't feel like he's, like – like, it, he helps – he gives the Bruins insurance for other factors, but I feel like we're ignoring that he's a factor, too. Like, he definitely could be a very solid replacement for the next couple of years – or maybe like he had a couple good early years and he's just like a pretty, you know, like a, a, a very average defender. To and put which it in case, perspective, he is essentially left-handed Brandon Carlo, but not hasn't been that for the last two years. But he started with more offense. He hasn't upside, had Bruce Cassidy. Hasn't been that yet. Yeah, yeah, I definitely think to improve, I see. I just don't know. I, it's like, are you going to really gamble on that? It's like, all right, here's our guy that's going to be the insurance and now we can focus. Because like... I don't know if he's like a little bit, if he's like, you know, three quarters of what they think he is, then that's a lot of money for a guy during a transition phase that like, again, he's never, you know, anytime you're picking up somebody new, they've, they've never played in the system and you don't know exactly what you're going to get. But at the end of the day, you know, you don't know how he's going to fit in the team right now. And it's just, a, it's, I hope it works as a very solid, like put it away and, and it's something we don't have to worry about for a while, but it just feels like there's a there's a chance that it's like a, oh shit we committed a lot of term to this guy a, a, a considerable amount of money and what if he is a, you know second to third line guy instead of the top four he's Look, also going from Jamie Drysdale to either Charlie McAvoy or Carlos so that can help yeah certainly again I, I'm, I'm that's where I'm optimistic is about the room to improve and 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 find that player that he looked like early on it's just that. 
I don't know, eight years for a guy that like you're pretty sure is gonna do that is just a little concerning to me. <laughs> I'm pretty <laughs> sure. Let's I'm sign pretty up sure. Yeah, it feels like we're pretty sure about it. And that's the thing that scared me a little bit for eight years. To see if happen. you're concerned about the end of the deal and the timing of when the Bruins might need to rebuild, it's pretty easy to move someone like Hampus Lindholm. Because there's going to be a team that wants a defender of his caliber, whether it's a, a contender or like a Detroit Red Wings just taking on Mark Stahl. There will be agree to an extent depends on how far you let it go, uh, because maybe 32 year old Hampus Lindholm is movable. I mean, someone just paid a first round pick for Ben Chirot because the the Canadians said he's I, worth I a first round case. pick. Uh, Mark Giordano went from Seattle to Toronto at like a billion years old. But say Hampus Lindholm is OK enough to the point where it's like well we're not we don't have to move them but we're paying them too much and then it's <laughs> like yeah, it's, he's it's, something it's like he's suddenly 33 and he's not worth anything like you know, you're eating part of a contract and move him to someone and in that case if you're moving him somewhere that team has to be contending enough where they feel like they're adding something to their team and that means that the Bruins won't be contending enough to, to need that on their team. So I don't know. If you worry too much about <laughs> what's going down the road for an organization, you end up being stuck in the middle of the road instead. I'm yeah. trying to worry about both, man. Yeah, no, I'm, I trying to live in like, I'm all in with the, the LA Rams approach. I just am like, <laughs> I'm not sure that like, he's the guy to like really that like all right this is you know this is our guy like i and maybe he is but maybe he's fellas 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 it, fellas drew is trying so hard Christ, to dude. tell us about DraftKings. Right <laughs> no, no 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 it's not that yet i have two things the first one is <clears throat> hampus the hamper Lynn like the lampus or like the lampus Hindholm. I was kind of the Campus, um, but it signed Krampus. an eight-year contract, and he could be with the Bruins for that long unless they dump him. The second thing, or the second fact, is that the NHL season has been packed with dirty dangles, hat tricks, and big wins. <laughs> As the action rolls on, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has your shot to win big two. New customers can bet just $1. I said $1 on any team and get $150. I said $150 in free bets. I'm not going to keep doing that if they win. That's right. A bump in the win column for your team means feel. The sweat nope <laughs> no. 360 it's... between the legs no feel the free it means free bets for you <laughs> free bets for you if sportsbook isn't available in your state yet you still have a shot to light the lamp is in <laughs> oh this is great uh every <laughs> Everyone, you know what's great? You know what's great? DraftKings. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet mm. just $1 on any NHL team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code THPN. At DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of that NHL. 
the campus police. The 21, plus restri- 21 plus restrictions apply, so you should notes for details. Yeah, and if you really have a craving for those 360 between the legs windmills, go to meetthin.com. If you're trying to meet up with other people who are at THPN, meet THPN.com. Wait, is that actually a thing? No, it's not. Oh, it's like can't be reached. That sucks. But you know what can be reached? You know what can be reached is that Stanley Cup now that the Bruins have Josh M. Brown, um, whom they got. Uh, it's because I thought he was Josh M, uh, but he's Josh Brown. Anyway, that's a that's an off the pod Patreon secret. If uh, you want to donate to us on Patreon, you can't. We're not on there. So uh, <laughs> we got uh, the Bruins got Josh Brown in a conditional seventh for uh, Zach Senishin in a fifth. I'm going to assume I haven't seen, but the conditional seventh is if Senishin resigns. Plays five games in the 2021-2022 season as a member of the Ottawa Senators. If he does that, it'll become a six-round pick. Okay. Whoa, 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 whoa. Cool. That's good to know. Um, I I don't think there's. It's a six and seventh pick. So if I'm Ottawa, I'm not going to be like I'm only going to play him four games. Right. Hey, fuck the it, Bruins. it would be a, it would be an early sixth round pick though. It's almost a fifth round pick. Almost a fifth. That almost a almost fourth, actually. They're that Shane bad. Um, but Zach Senishin obviously uh, just wasn't panning out in Boston. Whether or not that's him, whether or not that's the curse of that draft, or maybe it's just, you know, he didn't gel in Boston. Factors. That's happened with many players where they just <laughs> didn't gel with. I mean, it's happened in Boston, but all over the league you see it. Players not gelling with that team, change your scenery, change the system. You see good things, but so what do you guys think about landing Josh Brown for Senishin? And I mean, the picks are there, but it's it's almost a one for one. There. Call it a one for one. Yeah, he's big, big, big man, big, strong Josh. It's his nickname. We gotta come up with a better. Uh, yeah, this, this guy's trash, but like I don't know. <laughs> he's to... our trash. so Senishin. <laughs> no, he, he's basically Jared Tenori, so we're gonna love him. Um, love it. Yeah, I, I don't know. He's it, basically like he traded away or injured away all your right <laughs> defense depth, so you need somebody there. So I, I mean, I, I hope I hope he's not playing very much because. I, he's not as good as Connor Clifton, but you know he's he's a body, dude. Like, like I told you, there's only three players better than Connor Clifton. Sure, I have nothing else to add yeah, until later. Probably, I gotta collect my thoughts. Meanwhile, the Bruins just gave up a shorthanded goal, so maybe they do need. No, they didn't. Not yet. Lindholm. Not yet. When you're illegally streaming the game, I mean, when you're, uh, I mean. <laughs> Officially streaming, <laughs> officially watching the Canadian feed. <laughs> there you go. Somehow from Maine. Um, uh, did, did anyone else do extensive research on Josh Brown? Or, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, I see a two on a. Yeah, he exists. Um, yeah, <laughs> so yeah. Josh Marshan. Brown thoughts. You know, Marshan Josh Brown. Do you think Josh Brown's uh, like a no Josh like a Con Smythe? Like finalist here? Are we thinking Con Smythe, Josh Brown? I feel like the biggest point about Josh Brown is that it's probably time to move on to Jake DeBrusque. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So Jake DeBrusque, yeah, we talked about the right. Lindholm signing, which kind of, you know, coincided with the trade. They obviously negotiated that beforehand because it happened so quick. 
Um, but so DeBrusque, two years, four million. Something tells me personally that they were looking to do like a sign and trade or a similar thing with Lindholm where he just signed that contract after they traded him, but nothing came together. That's just my like inkling there, but who knows? They got DeBrusque to the end of the season now. That's how it is looking for him to provide something for this team in the playoffs. Um, He's just, I mean, he's been playing on the first line for a little bit. He's streaky as fuck as all, like, that's just him as a player in Boston. Um, I would, the Bruins, I think the Bruins are going to honor his like trade requests, but he's with us for now. So what are you guys looking to get (laughs) from him? I thought you were going to say they were going to honor him by raising his number to the rafters. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, No, but, you know, no one can ever wear 74. He's he's stuck with us. I'm okay with it because unless you're going to get another forward back, I don't want to downgrade on forward. So I'm okay with it. I just want him to produce. What are you guys expecting from him? Just because, like, I don't – next season, this contract isn't going to be hitting the cap. Like, he's not going to be hitting the cap for four mil for the Bruins, I don't think. so. Correct. Yeah. So what are you looking for him to do the rest of his time? Yeah, I'm looking for, like, a a premium Jake DeBusk, like, four goals in three games heater in, like, you know – late March and then he'll probably like have an assist in the playoffs. Like, I'm, you know, I'm not to like dump on the guy, but like, I feel like we know what he is with the Bruins at this point right now. Like he's a streaky guy. He, he like he when he's, when he's on, goal. he does a lot of the right things. Like, you know, he, he forechecks well, sometimes he's a presence, but he also disappears a lot of the time. So, um, I don't know. I, he's not going to be like a, a huge piece for the Bruins at barring something unexpected, but I'm I'm cool with holding on to him. Like I, I think, you know, everybody in their dog knew that Jake DeBrusque asked for a trade. So I don't think giving him away for, you know, the the best thing you can if it's not something that's that good just for the sake of that is is worth it. So I think holding on to him and, and you know the extension, trying to flip him maybe a little easier this summer. Um, if Cam, Cam my dog, my dog's dead. That's all. That's all. But my dog doesn't know. All right, cool, Lancey, go ahead. <laughs> The, the strategy here with Jake DeBrusque is inspired by Joe Sackick and Matt Duchesne, right? Whereas Duchesne had a remainder on his contract at the time of requesting a trade out of the Colorado Avalanche organization, and Joe Sackick didn't act on it immediately. He just patiently waited it out until the price was right, and look at the haul he got. My God, that was so good. But anyway, uh, I don't know if you, you'll be able to get quite the same with DeBrusque, but that's the intent here. The fact that now he's got two more years after this current contract expires. So any team that you deal with doesn't have to worry about trying to make a qualifying offer or sign him for more or what have you. There's there's the added layer of insurance that you will have this player with some term. It might not be the longest deal. It might not be the shortest deal. But if you need someone to try to turn things around and it doesn't quite work out, you could flip him theoretically after one season or maybe half a season. Yeah, I think they they did him a favor by giving him that formula. He was I think he was on a three seven five AV contract, and I think if Don Sweeney wanted to play hardball, he could have said, "What what have you done this year?" aside from like another little hot streak that you're prone to have um, to to earn a a raise uh, during this flat cap era. But I think, you know, 
giving him giving him the extra 0.25 was just like a gesture of good faith saying like hey we're gonna try and get you out of here if we can but and and this may help but uh if not then we'll we'll ship you out in the off season and yeah i i think when you have a better value all around trade deadline I, the values range from you're just tossing some garbage around or you know if you, you get a huge player involved and you give up like five draft picks at the entry draft itself, it's more of your pure hockey trade where you would see a Jacob Chikrin get moved if the Coyotes are going to do that, where you would see a Jake DeBrus get moved and potentially recuperate a little bit more than what you would have got if you pulled the trigger the second he asked, he asked for a trade in like November. Yeah, I mean, I, I think all things considered, when, when you're looking at what wingers moved uh, at the trade deadline. I mean, once, once the Bruins struck out on Giroux, I think that's, that's the real like game changer guy who could have made that top line just like unbeatable and then keep that chemistry with, with Hall and pasta going. Um, I, I think once you strike out on him, I, I mean, I like Ricard Raquel. I think he's a totally fine player, but I don't want to give up a ton of assets for like a minor upgrade on the top line i i think for for raquel if you're looking like a one for one with the or if you're looking for like maybe a pick on one end or the other like like i'm fine with that yeah if, if you're talking like debrusque in a third or something like that but they yeah. weren't gonna do that yeah that's uh, that's yeah i mean it, i mean it could also be an issue of one or the other wanting to sign because both of them are up at the end of the season too and i mean the other deal was a sign and trade Maybe that yeah, could have had something to do with it, but I don't know the way. Raquel trade directly in front of me, but I know Zach Aston Reese moved in that, and he's like genuinely one of the best defensive players in the league, the defensive uh, forwards at least. And I mean, the Bruins don't have that in Jake DeBrusque. So, Jakey two skates, Jakey D Dunder cheap again, two years for him. <laughs> what do you know? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, um, so I, I think he's an effective player on that top line. He's not going to hurt you. He's he can play the like Riley Smith role, where he's he's there. He's going to give you what he's going to give you. He'll be he'll score some goals, but he's not going to like he's not going to blow any coverages or anything and and lose you a game. Anything else on Dabrowski Poo? Um, until we head into the uh, the next the next little episode we got going on here, I just hope they rip the bandit off at some point and at least get some value out of him because they obviously value him to some extent. I just don't want to get some guy and then have him leave and then we're back to square one again. That's just my gripe with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean he's he's just getting older there, you know. You're well, losing we all, some uh, of that value because we see what it is. I think we see what it is, you know. The next Blake Wheeler for the Winnipeg Jets. <laughs> yeah, right. Seriously, no, I think I think Blake Wheeler was one of those players, and I said it before. I remember I remember watching a game. Well, I mean, where Frank Petrano would be another one too. It was it was an offside, a delayed offside. Blake Wheeler was looking right at the linesman who had his hand up for the offside, 
he was looking right at him and touched the puck and then they sent the face off down to the Bruins end because they ruled that as kind of like an intentional thing and that sends it down the other end. It literally like three or four games later, he was traded and I just, and then he turned out to be what he is now. And, and that was Jake DeBrus' fault actually, Bruins. which is weird. <laughs> no, I'm not saying that's true. Like Twitter is saying that. I'm just saying I could totally see it being one of those things where it's not working out here. Sorry somewhere else it will i think I, the, the, the weird happen. thing is though like jake debrusque is sneaky old like people don't realize he's already 34 and <laughs> right right <laughs> yeah he's 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 up there he's like my age but whenever there's a player my age i'm like what the fuck am i doing here sitting here watching the Bruins. Try being older than that <laughs> definitely legally because i can totally afford cable um and <laughs> there's jake debrusque making four million a year uh Poor guy. Oh, fuck. I feel like so bad for him. He should be making my salary. I feel like I could definitely could have been offered a contract after scoring one goal in my high school career, you know. I mean, <laughs> I played for one season, but it's something. That's same age. And a goal per goal per better, pace. Dude, I, I take you over John Moore any day of the week. I had 10 points in my final seven games in deck hockey. So there you go. where's my contract? On that As a goalie? As a goalie. I actually played every position. I was the rover before and after the rover was a thing. There you go. Hey, the rover uh, by Led Zeppelin. Let's sing it out. No one knows the words to that song because it's a deep track. Um, All right, cool. I'm going to go get another beer. Yeah. Uh, thanks for listening to episode 51 of season three of the Bruce and Bruins podcast presented by Bruins Diehards, maybe, but definitely presented by Pride Diehards, also sponsored by DraftKings and the Hockey Podcast Network. We're a part of that. Thank you. Blah, 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 blah.